You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 56. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 56 of the Q's Podcast. This is the show where we talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. Today, we are going to talk to two people who were both CEOs of institutions that were doing well. But when presented an opportunity to generate more value for a single membership without sacrificing their member-centric core philosophies, both organizations agreed being better together simply made sense. We're going to discuss their very interesting journey. That's what we do here. We aim to propagate discussion and relevant dialogue with you and your colleagues as credit union leaders. So if you haven't stumbled onto the show before, I ask you very politely, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Our guests are very open about their story. I think you'll find it very stimulating. Before we introduce today's guest, though, I do want to thank today's sponsor, which is Dorn Mayhew. From concept to completion, Dorn Mayhew provides credit unions with solutions to maximize value through the entire merger and collaboration process. Founded on experience and demonstrated by proven results, their eight-phase merger process rigorously focuses on identifying, quantifying, and qualifying collaboration opportunities, as well as mitigating credit, collateral, interest rate, transaction, reputation, and operational risks during the transition. With more than 100 credit union transactions completed, ranging in size from the smallest peer groups to the largest across the nation, their merger advisors have the industry and technical expertise to provide clarity, focus, and objectivity throughout the entire complex process. If you're looking to preserve and improve member value, broaden your service and product offerings, retain and obtain employee talent, and remain relevant and sustainable in the markets you serve, it might be time to start thinking about a collaborative effort. To learn more about their merger advisory services, you can call them at 888-433-4839 or visit their website at doren.com. That's D-O-E-R-E-N.com. Thank you, Dorn Mayhew, for your sponsorship. In this podcast episode, we'll explore the merger process with the leaders of Forefront Credit Union, our special guests for today are David Lusink, CEO of Forefront Credit Union, and Andy Kempf, President of Forefront Credit Union, which is located in the Traverse City, Michigan area. Forefront Credit Union is a result of two strong, successful credit unions realizing that together they can be even better. On January 2nd of 2015, Bay Winds Federal Credit Union and Members Credit Union merged in a unique way. One CEO became president the other the CEO of the new institution. Many times credit unions will merge because of shrinking membership, loss of management, or regulatory pressure. Seldom do you see two organizations where there is no catalyst other than two boards coming together for the betterment of the organization. At ExecuSummit 2017, David and Andy shared their story with attendees and then took a few minutes to speak with me for the Q's podcast. These two organizations were very strategic about their growth, and now after the merger and at the time of the interview, they continue to be very strategic about their growth. Speaking of strategic growth, 
Coming up very soon, Cues is offering the opportunity for you to attend the Strategic Growth Institute. Today's hyper-competitive and dynamic business environment requires credit unions to actively seek new capabilities through mergers, acquisitions, and alliances. It's imperative to understand the pros and cons of each and to learn which is most appropriate for a successful strategy. Q's Strategic Growth Institute is designed to help you take advantage of these lucrative growth opportunities. Like other institutes, Q's Strategic Growth Institute is designed specifically for the credit union industry. Attendees will learn directly from esteemed faculty of the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. It takes place July 23rd through July 26th of 2018. For more information and to register, visit cues.org SGI. All right, we are about to start my interview with the leaders of Forefront Credit Union. David and Andy tell the story of how two institutions can come together to provide enhanced value and service to members, career opportunities for their co-workers, and economic strength to their communities. These experiences help cement their strong belief that credit union mergers need not result in winners and losers, but should instead present opportunities for institutions to reinvent themselves and deliver the very best credit union possible. Some highlights from my interview include how market pressures led two credit unions to become one, what the two credit union leaders identified as deal breakers, how they managed to fuse two boards into one, and how they selected key leadership positions for the executive management team and the board. Let's jump right into our conversation. Well, I have David Lusink, CEO of Forefront Credit Union, and Andy Kempf, President of Forefront Credit Union, here as guests on the Q's podcast. Thank you, gentlemen, both for being here. Thank you. We just had a great session with you and facilitated by Jeff Rendell at the Q's Executive Summit event. I want to thank you guys for both doing that. There was such great discussion, but maybe in this podcast, you can take just a little piece of that and share that with our podcast listeners. What were the market and regulatory pressures that encouraged you to consider your merger? Let's start with you, David. Most of the, our pressure wasn't so much regulatory, but it was market pressures. We both, or at least our credit that I was with, knew that to grow the organization, we would grow our field of memberships, which we had done, which meant that we would have to build facilities and branches cost a lot of money. And Andy, you referenced just the scalability, the possibility. Can you that, expand on that? That, that? That's exactly what it is. We didn't have the regulatory issues as much. I mean, we're all dealing with the same regulatory things. And, and so um, that wasn't what drove it as much as moving into new territories just, just flat out cost money. And it, this merger specifically was easy because of geographic areas. And we could move into and pick up seven branches in areas that we weren't in. And, and, and the other side could pick up six branches in areas that they weren't in. And uh, we can get together and, and do our thing. I like your temperament from both of you because you actually referenced Dream Big as your closing pieces. David, I know you mentioned working with vendors and discussing with your board and executive team. And prior to the merger, the partnership, you wanted to, you never got your number one choice, I think, right? That is correct. On many occasions, we found that we were picking the number two vendor and the cost was, was what was driving that decision. And post-partnership uh, or when we're putting the partnership together, we were going back to the same vendors and doing requests for quotes for them. And it was 
absolutely amazing the reduction in cost per member to pro- provide that product or service to them um, be- because you were dealing with the economies of scale. The same happened with uh, card processing. The number of cards we brought uh, made a huge difference in what we would get paid in interchange. That can be such a difficult situation, a lot of stress, a lot of challenges. How did you deal with um, you know, those kinds of things, stress and change? I, you're asking about how we're dealing with stress and change, and, and uh, one of the ba- ways we did it was humor. Uh, quite honestly, we, we were uh, in a room, and anybody was uh, was open for humor. Um, some people call it sarcasm, but uh, it, it worked well for us for being humble. It kept us all humble. Kept us. Uh, we had to make sure that uh, when people asked us why we did something, that we actually had an answer for it. And if we didn't, then then we. In a fun way, let you know, and everybody yeah. could have a fun about it, and, and it was just a great way to release the stress and pressure of especially awkward situations. That's, that's nice. I think it's good for people to hear that because uh, humor can be a very powerful thing. David, when you two first met, I like what you shared in the, the conversation here today with our group at Execute Summit. You shared when you first met that you were kind of surprised how you and Andy had such similar things in common. And you also really expressed just openly, I mean, what you thought your your strengths were in areas of uh, weakness. Can you describe that a little bit more? Absolutely. Because ours was unique in that our, our board chairs had uh, got together to talk about the concept of sharing a facility or a building. And they gave us each direction that we should, we should work on that. So we met the first time um, to talk about sharing a facility. And the, what's different from most uh, mergers Andy and I had never met before, uh, and it took us, I think, four and a half minutes to determine that there was really no value in sharing of building because uh, what we'd save economically had little impact, but to sort the members would be very difficult. But from that point on, we started talking about uh, the way we managed our businesses, and, and Andy, as being a fairly new CEO at his credit union, had some ideas that he was working on, some of those we were doing at, at, at Bay Winds Credit Union, and, and vice versa. There were some things that, that Andy had, had asked those challenging questions about why we do what we do, and we talked about what would be cool if we could do it one day, and that really drove our discussion towards um, the concept of sharing more than just a building, but sharing a business. That is wonderful. It's just a great attitude to have in terms of growing your organization. And you always kept referencing to doing this for your members. That was the underlying theme. What were some underpinnings of, you know, when you're in the process, when you're in consideration, and, and you conclude your, your board uh, and their discussions, what were some um, pieces that were critical? One thing that drove us when we were looking at it was to keep things simple. We joke about it a little bit. Uh, now that one of us had a home banking product that we like, and so we're, we're looking for a new home banking product. And so to roll out that home banking product, though, it was keep things simple for the member. But once it gets cumbersome, they're, they're going to drop out. And so that was a microcosm using that. And now we're, we're looking into online loan apps and everything else. And the, the easier we can find a way to meet our members' needs and allow them to log in or make a phone call and complete what they want to complete with a, a first line of um, communication, the better it's going to be. And if they can do it online at home simply and it's intuitive, then even better. And at that point, they're going to want to stay with us and, and, and bring more business our way because they just understand that it's just simple to do business there and I don't have to have the stress on a Sunday morning whether that check's going to be deposited. I can just take a picture with my uh, with my cell phone. Nice. It's examining the operation, keeping it super streamless, low friction, but highly 
automated. And, and that allowed us, every conversation was, what is the simplest way to do it? And so that, that gave us something to always fall back on to right. find out what the best policy procedure or, or product would be. That's a great tip uh, for our listeners. Anything else you want to add, David? I think that the, our mantra in our management team as we prepared for the merge was no silly rules. <laughs> came up all the time, no silly rules. And, we, and we, we'd poke fun of banks in the area that would have things that they would require of their of their customers to get a certain product or service. And then, of course, the conversation turned to ourselves about some of the silly things we made people do. And, and we laughed and we chuckled about it. But that became our mantra, um, no silly rules. Nice. I just want to back up a little bit. I've heard of a lot of different ways that the the joining together uh, is done uh, between two credit unions, sometimes through a third party at different stages, also through boards meeting together, CEOs maybe meeting regularly. What? How was this done? What was the initial step that was done to start this process? I think the initial step that was most helpful is we had a third party. Uh, Dory Mayhew came and, and helped us with the process, and they facilitated meetings with, first we started with just a couple board members, uh, the executive team per se of the boards, and then that migrated to bringing both the boards together. And they did a great job of facilitating that discussion and identifying what core beliefs and core values did each of the boards have. And clearly, they were pretty much exactly the same. And that that was where we, we got the greatest value of having a facilitator on board. Great. So they probably were involved with other elements, but that was such a critical component. That was the most critical following that. Facilitation. Then, of course, they, they had some of the, the management of the process, uh, the, the completing forms and documents with regulatory authorities, and they had a kind of a roadmap that they laid out for us. I think uh, we refer to that as, or as Andy always referred to it as the 3,000 points of light, Yeah. all the things that you might miss. They provided the roadmap, but our executive management team, uh, they're the ones that had to manage the journey. Nice. Now, I know a lot of listeners are wondering, from a board perspective, how, how David, how many did you have on your board at the time? We started with nine board members. And Andy, you had? We had nine as well. So the question is, what happens? Because being a board member means a lot to board members. So can you kind of describe, I mean, your situation, can you touch base a little bit uh, on that issue? From management's perspective, we didn't know that at the time that, that, that they wanted to stay involved. Some didn't, weren't that all involved with, with some of our meetings. You wouldn't think that they were engaged. But, but as we approached the partnership, they wanted to be involved. And having 18 voices in the room really wasn't a, a problem at all. And the oddest thing was that uh, they identified we'd have all 18 board members and over time, through attrition, we would reduce. We'd never ask a board member to leave the board, which was very comforting. But this, the oddest thing that we noticed was as we had attrition, the board became very lopsided, meaning that there were more from one credit union than the other credit union. And management would look at that and say, do we really want to recruit board members to even it? And our board of directors resoundingly said, absolutely not. We're just fine. It didn't matter which board they came from. It mattered that they cared about the member's best interest. Wow, that, that's a really... Special group of individuals who did some amazing things. We, we, were, uh, we were blessed beyond our wildest imagination in that area. Wow. Wonderful. And how many board members now do you have at this time? We currently have, through attrition, we're down to 11 board members. We're targeting, we'd like to see a nine again, as, as would be a, a good point to be at. Nice, nice. David, where did the boards compromise? The 
the compromise came from the from the board was was only one item, and that was in leadership, in that they identified that if they're taking the CEO from one credit union, then the board chair would come from the other credit union. So the board chairmanship role will will switch, but at the partnership, the credit union that that had the succeeding CEO does not get a board chair. Oh, that is great compromise. It, it worked out exceptionally well, in my opinion. Wow. That that is it's a good place to kind of meet in the middle there. Andy, if you kind of look at the two boards when they're by themselves and now as one, can you kind of compare the two? Is it better now than previously existed? I, yeah, I'd, I'd say the board is absolutely better now. What we had is uh, you had some that uh, they'd been on the board for years and they, they obviously cared about the credit union, but they understood that once you had an 18-person board that, that it may be a, a bit tenuous. It's hard for, for management to, to manage that many board members and, and voices. And so some of those that, that may not have been as much invested or have decided I've, I've put enough time in and I've taken the, dry, the uh, credit union where it needs to go, they have chosen to step down. And so what we've found is that we have some of the most in, Engaged board members left over, so so our board is extremely engaged in stuff that we're doing. Um, they're able to. We have a nice mix, so they're comfortable asking the questions of, of all of management now. Why is it working that way? And, hold, and just holding us accountable. And it's something that before the boards kind of got comfortable with who they had, and they didn't ask those questions all the time. That they're they're much more engaged and, and willing to ask those types of questions. Nice. Andy, you just talked about engagement of the board. David, can you talk about engagement of the staff? Yeah, that was that was a, a takeaway. That was um, the, the board of directors. We noticed became very engaged and, and spent a lot of time with the with the merge, but also the executive management team. It was amazing to see the number of sacrifices they would make to move the ball forward. And so I was very impressed with with the management team, uh, the time they spent, and the quality of their work. Excellent. It's an overall great example of how two different organizations can come together. In fact, I really like what you said at the end of the session today is you were building an organization. Right. It was actually exciting because you could do things you couldn't do before that you always wanted to. You have a zest for the credit union space. You have a zest for your members and trying to best serve them. So I think maybe we can end here. What are some takeaways from each of you? I'll start with Andy. One of my, my key takeaways is is to be humble when, when you're going through this process. Um, be able to ask yourself, why are we doing this? Is it just a legacy policy procedure service that we're doing, or, or is this something that's really in the best interest of, of not only the members but the staff? Uh, how, how can we make this more simple? And and the only way to do that is to be humble and, and put all of your, your policies, procedures, everything on the board and say what needs to go away and what needs to change. And the other one is to just be prepared for getting – everybody involved in the organization and, and communicating the ideas and the vision of the new organization to everybody on a repeated basis. So great communication. And you definitely demonstrated that. It's so neat to see. People are excited about that. For me, it was really identifying what the core values were for the organization. Those things that you thought were the bedrock of our success, identifying those items, and then being prepared to put everything else on the table for discussion. And as Andy spoke to the process, we went in through this, we went through every process that we had, and to be able to take a step back from what we used to do to what we'd like to do and find the, the best practice model, what's in the best interest of our of our members, that, that was one of my takeaways as, as, as well. And we, we both learned uh, dream big is, uh, is, is one thing. The scales of economy, uh, stuff that we wanted to do, it just allows us to dream big and get into it. Wonderful. We found over time that most of our limitations were self-imposed. 
we would self-impose limitations on ourselves. We'd say we can't afford to pay this much for for employee because it's it, it's it's going to rock the bottom line. The reality is, Johnny Paycheck does not really care about our bottom line nearly as much as we do. Johnny Paycheck cares that we took care of his of, of his accounts, and we realized that most of our limitations were our own. Wow, well said. For those who are in attendance. You felt it too. It was just a great learning experience. We had a three-hour session this morning on our case study of partnerships and versus mergers. Jeff Rendell did a great job facilitating this. I really appreciate you, Andy and David, taking time to do this. Uh, I know you are very into professional development for yourselves and for your organization and team members. And it just means a, a lot to all the attendees that were here. The dialogue was just absolutely incredible and such a great wealth of experience in the room and using your medium, this format, and your uh, willing to share your story was uh, just a terrific experience. And I just want to thank you again for that. And Andy and David, thank you for being a guest in the Q's podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Q's. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to receive the newest episodes as soon as they are available. And you might want to also check out episode 6. It's on a similar topic, mergers and acquisitions, an interview with David Ritter. Don't forget to check out all our episodes. They are available to you 24-7. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org now. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.